Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. I created this podcast as a platform to answer your questions and dive deeper into different aspects of each attachment style. I also share personal insights and stories in order to help you make sense of what you are experiencing. So please listen with an open heart and an open mind. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi everyone. So today I'm going to talk about how each attachment style copes with relationship anxiety. So first, it's important to note that all attachment styles experience relationship anxiety. Obviously, we each experience it to varying degrees, but most importantly, it's how we respond to these internal challenges that dictate our attachment orientation, meaning whether we have an anxious attachment style, a dismissive attachment style, a uh, dismissive avoidant attachment style is what I meant to say, a fearful avoidant attachment style or a secure attachment style. So if you've been following me for some time now, you've probably heard me use the terms activating and deactivating strategies often. So today I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what these terms mean because it's essential to identify when we're operating in these ways. Um, really important to note that our brain is wired for attachment. Okay, so our brain is wired for attachment. It is always regulating our connection to those that we have a strong attachment bond with, whether it is your romantic partner, someone you're dating, a parent, a friend, a child, a family member. This mechanism is a very primal aspect of our physiology and our humanity, which is why when we send some type of disconnection to our attachment figure, whoever that is for you, we experience anxiety. Okay, all humans experience this relationship anxiety because we're all wired for attachment. However, if your brain has been conditioned to experience a lot of physical and or emotional disconnection or instability, it becomes more sensitive and hypervigilant to any perceived threats of disconnection. All right, any perceived threats uh, to the bond that you have to your relationship with others, to your relationships with self. So for anxious and fearful avoidant attachments, um, and I'm mentioning fearful avoidant attachments here because fearful avoidance have anxious and, uh, avoidant tendencies. So for both anxious and fearful avoidant attachments, disconnection can look like a fight you had with your attachment figure. It can look like not hearing from them, not getting reassurance, not getting validation, not getting your needs met, right? That can feel like disconnection. Having surface level relationships uh, or self, you know, surface level conversations, canceling plans, your partner taking space, distance, a breakup, right? A breakup is the biggest form of disconnection because we're literally detaching from someone. So these are all forms of distance from our attachment figure. For dismissive avoidance and fearful avoidance, disconnection can look a little bit different, right? Disconnection can look like, you know, your partner um, or your attachment figure criticizing you, uh, being demanding, not acknowledging you, not meeting your needs, confrontation, requiring emotional intimacy or vulnerability from you. Um, These things, especially if approached the wrong way, can cause the avoidant to feel unsafe and disconnected from their attachment figure. So essentially, disconnection means threat. 
disconnection is just another way of just feeling unsafe feeling unsafe and often when we are not getting our needs met within a relationship we feel unsafe it is a very primal experience it signals to the brain that we are unsafe and therefore our brain uses activating or deactivating strategies to soothe and cope so it's not always like we hear about coping strategies, but coping strategies can actually be unhealthy and unproductive. Not all coping strategies are healthy. And insecure attachment styles, meaning anxious, fearful avoidant, dismissive avoidant attachments, will often use maladaptive or unhealthy coping strategies, which is why you know they have so many challenges within their relationship. So when anxious and even fearful avoidant attachments experience the anxiety that comes from disconnection, they tend to use activating strategies specifically. So anxious and fearful avoidance tend to use activating strategies to cope with perceived threat, meaning their brain will elicit different thoughts and feelings in order to establish some type of closeness to that person. Um, and, and, you know, that makes them feel safe right so if they're just thinking about this person maybe they're keeping tabs on this person or they're ruminating on memories or whatever it is that brings some safety that brings some closeness that brings some connection to their brain which can be very soothing but obviously could be problematic because it's all kind of an illusion right it's all an illusion it's not the reality sometimes um, so activating strategies can look like thinking about your partner, right? Difficulty concentrating on other things, um, remembering only their good qualities, putting them on a pedestal, underestimating your abilities and worth and overestimating theirs, an anxious feeling that goes away only when you're in contact with them or you're keeping tabs on them, um, telling yourself they're right and you're wrong, believing that this is your only chance for love, holding on to the relationship knowing it's unhealthy, believing there's no one else for you, uh, wishing and fantasizing of them coming back to you. So deactivating strategies, on the other hand, is also a form of coping with perceived threat, but instead of seeking closeness to their attachment figure, like anxious attachments and even fearful avoidance can do, um, they withdraw and push away to create some sense of safety. That's why it's called deactivating, right? So they deactivate, they pull away. Um, and deactivating strategies are most often seen with dismissive and fearful avoidant attachment styles. So deactivating strategies can look like avoiding physical closeness, refusal to make commitment, avoids verbalizing I love you, sabotages when things are going well, cheats or has affairs, flirts with others, emotionally checks out of the relationships. They will keep secrets, right? Refusing to resolve conflicts or to communicate, criticizing or devaluing, uh, you know, thinking about past relationships, um, focusing outside or away from the relationship. So activating and deactivating strategies are adaptations that we resorted to in the past in order to soothe ourselves from disconnection, from the disconnection we felt from our earlier attachment figures. However, it obviously becomes problematic as adults, right? So it's not necessarily your fault for coping in these ways. It obviously helped you survive in the past because that's what coping strategies do. They're, they're there to protect us, to keep us alive. Um, 
However, you know, as adults, it is our duty to learn healthier ways of managing our anxiety if we want to experience healthier relationships. All right. So yes, these forms of coping can help in the moment, but if we want healthier relationships, if we want secure relationships, it's essential that we learn healthier ways of managing our anxiety, of navigating that anxiety. All right. Um, so activating, you know, and deactivating strategies aren't necessarily bad. It's a form of coping, but taken to the extreme, which insecure attachments often do, it becomes unhealthy and destructive. You know, there are brain scans that show us that avoidant attachments experience just as much anxiety as anxious attachments do. They're just coping with it in more introverted ways. So it's not healthier per se, because often I hear a lot of people say, man, I wish I could just... I can just operate like the avoidant attachment style. They just don't care, but it's actually not healthier. It's not healthier. It's just expressed differently. So for anxious and fearful avoidant attachments, not only do they engage um, these activating strategies quickly and often, but they tend to stay in this very heightened space for a long time. So they, st- they, tend to st- they tend to stay activated for a long period of time, which explains their panic and their preoccupation with the person that they are feeling disconnected from. Same goes with avoidance, right? Dismissive and also fearful avoidance can do this. When they engage their deactivating strategies, they will also respond quickly and often to them which is why they get defensive, they withdraw, they push away, they sabotage, Um, they can even take space for days on end, um, which can obviously cause problems within any relationship. Um, I had a client who had to end her relationship with her avoidant partner because he would leave for several days um, sometimes and wasn't willing to learn how to regulate his emotions and be more present when they had conflicts. And likewise, I've had several avoidant clients who were on the fence about, you know, leaving their relationship because their anxious partner kept picking fights or assuming the worst case scenarios um, or just being very, very hyper vigilant about things um, and weren't really allowing their partner to take space or to have some sense of individuality within the relationship. This is why it's so important to become aware of our coping mechanisms so that we can make healthier choices and be a safer person to our partner or a safer person to our friend or our family member. Um, The safer we are to them, the the closer they want to be to us. So important to note that coping strategies can be either helpful or unhelpful and that there are healthy and unhealthy ways of soothing. So we have to be very mindful of how we cope. So some tips to navigate these challenges, um, become aware of your activating and or deactivating strategies, right? Fearful avoidance can either activate or deactivate. I know that when I was operating from a very fearful avoidant attachment style, when I was, you know, dating or in relationships with people who are more anxious, I would deactivate more, right? I would kind of withdraw more. However, when I found myself in relationships or dating people that were more avoidant, I would activate more. I would become more anxious, Um, So kind of keep in mind that depending on who you're with, who you're in relationship with, who you're attached to, you might uh, activate or deactivate more. 
Also, regulate yourself in those triggering moments. So important to learn to regulate yourself. Pause, take a few deep breaths. Remember, emotions are just energy in motion. They aren't going to hurt you. They are not going to hurt you. Three, ask yourself, if, is this my insecure attachment style responding? This is a question that I have gotten really comfortable asking myself. Is this my insecure attachment style? Because it's important to note that if you have an insecure attachment style, meaning you either have an anxious, a dismissive avoidant, or fearful avoidant attachment style, you are more sensitive to feeling threatened by disconnection. So it's really important to challenge your impulses when you're feeling activated, knowing that you are just more sensitive to these things. So it's most likely going to be your insecure attachment style responding. Number four, learn to self-soothe, breathe, take a walk, call a trusted friend, repeat affirmations to yourself. I know I've mentioned this before, but some of my one of my favorite affirmations to repeat to myself when I'm feeling activated is, hey Jess, we're okay, we're okay, we're safe, we're safe, we're safe in this moment, everything's okay. This is a form of self-reparenting. It's a form of changing your self-dialogue. Um, you know, listen to a helpful podcast or a book that is can be validating for what you're experiencing in the moment that can be very soothing. Anything to help bring some clarity and perspective and just peace to what you're experiencing. Uh, number five, when you're feeling more calm, practice communicating your needs to the person who is triggering you. Communicating in the form of, I feel blank because of blank, I need blank is the least threatening way we can express ourselves to someone else, all right? So I feel blank because of blank. This is what I need, all right? Um, so just know that the more you practice these strategies and regulating your nervous system, the less reactive you will feel. So it's just like strengthening a muscle, all right? The more that you practice regulating yourself in this way, the more... Um, you, the more secure you're going to feel, the more confident that you're going to feel within yourself and your relationships. And if you need more support and guidance with how to implement these strategies into your life, my self-study e-course, My Secure Self, guides you through this process step by step. Um, so to learn more about that, just visit the link in the show notes. I really hope this was helpful for you. I definitely suggest listening to this episode um, a couple more times in order to really retain the information, to take some more notes, um, and really just start beginning to identify your own coping strategies. I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate it or leave a comment. Hearing your feedback just motivates me to create more content for you guys. I appreciate you so much and I will catch you on the next episode.